0: program is brought to you in living color
1: Good good morning good morning (laughs) (laughs)
2: We can't hear Roy, but good morning, everybody. It's Roy and Jimmy in the morning right here on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, across the nation, across the country, across the world, on the Internet. I am Jimmy Shaw. The silent but deadly man right there is Roy Brewster, and I'm sure, I'm sure, yes, he is. Look at that art. He is good looking. I brought out my best hoodie. <laughs> I wonder if he knows sign language. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a bunch of cuss words we can't hear. You gosh darn, bar darn, blinking, blinkin', Blink, blank, blanking. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, Art. My sister, Donna. Mi madre. And everyone else out there in the world of Roy and Jimmy. We have a special show today. Eight o'clock hour. We have Sarah, the real deal, Cardeal, our little drummer girl, uh, going to join us. My Connecticut paisan, if you will. need good? Should we close up on Rocky because he looks so good? Look at look at this. Look at that good-looking dude right there. <laughs> Let's see. He says, uh, "Jimmy, you are a sharp-looking man. Um, I couldn't do anything in the world without you." I'm trying to read his brains right there. I think he just put that tie on for me. <laughs> my mom says she can hear him how's that is that better roy
3: can you hear me now
2: there you are hey buddy Jeez, so, aren't you good looking
3: hey thanks man
2: <laughs> i had to give you the, the clothes i put on my best uh hoodie knowing that you were gonna wear a tie today
3: yeah well you know i got some adult shit to do today oh
2: boo not on a monday good morning roy yeah.
3: you know hey let me try this again do that thing you do oh yeah you're okay. killing
2: it you're crushing it you are crushing it apparently everyone could hear you it was just me who couldn't hear you
3: i was weird because i was talking and i'm like i could see the little meters going up and yeah. down
2: Yeah, well i got a little uh i've got a little cut off button right here and i believe i cut myself off from you which you know hey it happens as long as we've known each other you know well well cut
3: the man off let me clean this
2: <laughs> that's better <laughs> is that better here we go mine's too far away a little
3: foggy but then i realized i probably looked better foggy
2: it's a, it's a good yeah. look it's how he looks what was that league of the own huh a league of their own rosio anano's boyfriend uh yeah he looks all gonna looks, looks all fuzzy that's how he looks, how looks. <laughs> good morning roy brewster
3: what's up people yes i already i already uh sent drew a message this morning Yes. Congratulated him and the Browns. Nice. Not a sore loser.
2: Nice. It's uh, very rare when a brown the Browns are doing what they're doing. The Browns and the Bills. What the hell's going on?
3: Yeah, I know. Um, Well, when you give up 28 points in the first quarter, it's kind of hard to come back. (laughs) It's a
2: strong opening.
3: Jesus (laughs) Christ!
2: It's strong. I watched. uh, I watched my Rams almost lose that one.
3: No, Jimmy, there you are with the glass half empty. Hey, you, you know, know what almost lose means? I, I means was very happy won. with
2: them, but I am an L.A. sports fan, and I have to have to go with how it goes.
3: Yeah. So, almost lose means win. True. Almost late means on time.
2: What I do is I, I get myself ready for the, 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 oh, my God, holy shit, and want to throw everything. I put nah. myself in that mode. And then when they do lose, I go, eh, it's L.A., what do you do? Especially, uh, well, that fourth quarter almost fell apart on them. so uh, there you go. There you go. So, coast to coast, nation to nation, Roy and Jimmy in the morning. We have our Sarah the Real Deal deal.
3: Nation to nation. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, please do it. Please. <laughs>
3: oh, I feel good.
2: You know, I don't That's have karaoke. So I don't have karaoke lined up, but I will line up the, the, uh, the karaoke version for you.
3: I didn't see... Um See, uh, I'll be right honest with everyone here.
2: Be right honest, Roy.
3: I'm really torn, and you could call me a bad guy. I don't care. You are. I'm really torn on the NFL. I love football. Yes. And all the turmoil with it. Everyone's like, Ugh. whatever. I like to watch football, right? So, because I like, I, I, I like the guys. I like the boys. Anyway, yeah, right? That
2: sounded weird. Because <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you what. No matter what, I like the boys. <laughs>
3: So I watched. Um, I, I watched my football games on this app that's probably illegal. No. Yeah.
2: No. Because
3: that's my way of saying I ain't paying the NFL, but I'm still watching. Oh yeah, hold, hold so your ground, the buddy. Game, they played a. They they. I I because they cut it off right after. Right. You no, know, not too long after, like within a couple minutes. Uh uh-huh. And um, I missed the footage. Of Ben Roethlisberger walking alone and sitting on the bench alone and they said he was in tears yesterday. No, So I'm going to make i per- I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. That he already made a statement said he's going to um, speak with his family. He hopes they would have him back. I think Ben's done. Oh, I see. Um, I think I'm going to put it right now. Um, January 11th, 2021. Um... His skills have deteriorated a little bit. I think he can still play. Right. But I think he's done. It's just, you know, it's a lot of grind, as you know, to go through all that shit.
2: Boy, do and I have a
3: season and then do it again.
2: Boy, do I know the life of football.
3: Yeah. But you, what you see, you see? I know. I'm... And what we're talking about a grind going on and whatever. I saved a clip for it. Um, dude, um, Tommy Lasorda. Oh, My boy. That one. That one hurt. See, I was a Dodger fan back in the day before I jumped ship turned angels that was around when social left but if if you don't if you are not a fan of that guy um mr baseball thing amazed me was on facebook did you see all the pictures that he posed with and i read i don't know how many times <laughs> he was always ready to take a picture with somebody
2: oh yeah no mr mr uh he, he just let everybody know there was no doubt what was going on with him
3: ah love that guy um there, did you see that one chap he posted? Hmm. Um the the little the little blip with him. Tell me more. Um he uh, he posted a video of him um that was awesome. It was when he was um, I think it was 77, 78. Let me look it up. Yeah, 77. And it's when Doug Rao was sucking ass against the sucking ass against the yankees in a world series game you okay tommy goes to the mound uh-huh hot hot mic.
2: oh i love hot mics um, yes huh yes i love hot mics
3: okay now i don't know let's see let me get to the good parts i don't want to bore everyone there we go we'll stop it there okay now because we have the technology we have
2: we do it's
3: going to be a lot of fun (laughs) we're going to share audio we're going to share screen too
2: oh boy look at you goddamn pro Uh,
3: and it should work let's see oh no you can't
0: get them fucking left-handers out for christ old fucking mighty
3: (laughs) Oh, now watch when he starts piling off on Rao, dude, it's awesome When he says, I feel good, I feel good, Tom I fucking love you so cool.
0: good, Tommy. I don't give a shit, you feel good, there's four motherfucking hits up there I do fucking hit the opposite way dude. I don't give a fuck Tommy, You got a left hand here, I strike this motherfucker I don't out. give a shit, Dougie Well, I may be wrong, but that's my goddamn job. I'll make the I'll make the fucking decisions here. I'll make the fucking decisions here. Okay.
3: So this thing continues after he leaves, which was awesome. Yeah, in the dugout. I don't, I don't give a shit, a
0: Doug. I'm the fucking manager of the fucking team. I got to make the fucking decisions. And I'll make them to the fucking best of my ability. It may be the fucking wrong decision. But nice. I'll make it. Don't worry about it. I'll make the fucking decision. I gave you a fucking chance to walk out of here. I can't walk around. We're down two games in one. It was yesterday. It's a different fucking story. I don't give a shit. You've got three, three left-hand hitters and they all got fucking hits on you. Rivers, Jackson, and the fucking other
3: guy They all, got left, they all hit That guy that just hit the ball with the left hand <laughs> Oh Tommy So that's just a little bit of it Oh dude, I listened to that like two or three times And freaking loved it I don't give a fuck
2: <laughs> This one here he is uh, accused of uh, uh, Sending a pitch Telling his pitcher to uh, take one out Yeah So good
3: no sound.
2: Oh, no sound. No. All right, tell you what. Let me get let, let me get us some sound here.
3: Hey, you want me to send it to you? No, if, I, I got I got I got it. At, I know what I did. Good at this.
2: And you're you're so good at this. But I know I know what I did here. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Roy. <laughs> you're not supposed to be the guy. I'm the guy. God damn it,
3: Jimmy. You are the guy. Let's see I jumping part
2: of that. And what, what is it, Roy? Share audio. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go and watch this. Tell me. Yep. Okay. Good. Here's the uh, description of what's going on, but man, it's the best. Bavaro, God, I've heard that name. Bavaro, yes. What? That fat little Italian.
0: Love it. Tell you what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad for that man to make an accusation like that. That is terrible. I have never ever since I've managed ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody nor will I ever and if I ever did I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a fucking 130 hitter like LeFay or fucking Bavakwa who could hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat and I guarantee you this When I pitched And I was going to pitch against a fucking team That had guys on it like Babacqua I sent a fucking limousine To get the cocksucker To make sure he was in the motherfucking lineup Because I kicked that cocksucker's ass Any fucking day in a week He's a fucking motherfucking big mouth I'll tell you that
2: <laughs> That's the best <master> there <laughs> Oh, my God. The, the, the slow uh, burn. The slow man, burn. They
3: you know what? They, they don't make them like that anymore. And you know something that really surprised me?
2: Hmm. Oh, my bad. Sorry.
3: No, sorry. Is um, Don was talking to Thomas mm-hmm. the day after. And you ready for this? What? How is it possible that he did not know who Tommy Lasorda was? Wow. Right? wow i was like no he's just he's just playing yeah he's gotta be she goes, no he really he says who's this fucking lasorda guy oh my i'm God. like are you freaking kidding me right
2: <laughs> damn I
3: was, I was blown away i mean if you it, to me and i i get it there's a generation thing going on right you know but if if you're a baseball fan how do you not know who tommy lasorda is
2: uh, well i get I, you know especially the younger ones like uh immature thomas there if you, if you didn't have that, if you know what I mean, he wasn't the manager during that because he was a manager a long time. So I guess yeah. uh, if he's not mentioned every time, you know, more right. often, then I guess it just doesn't come through. So, right? Yeah. So, our, our, our boy Tommy so, there.
3: I don't know I kind of. <laughs> I, I thought I'm like no, he didn't. She goes yeah, he didn't know. So. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. my.
1: Yeah, my sister so, said. anyway,
3: that, Tommy, thanks for all the. It's like you know when we do things like this. It's like you can hear him, but it's more of just saying that's part of our childhood, right? Part of our growing up. It's part of nostalgia for us. You know, we can smell, and, and I know you can too. We've been to Dodger games together when you know young. Yeah. So when you show up and you smell the bar par- ballpark and you do all that stuff, you just he's one of those guys you always think of. And um, um, I was lucky enough to be able to talk with him for a while once.
2: Oh, yeah, over at the uh, dealership, right?
3: At Ford of Upland? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what. He started speaking in the service drive. Uh Uh-huh. And he was just talking. It was just, I think, him, maybe, and Robbie Moore or somebody were speaking. And then someone else came up, and he was, you know, hey, that's cool. Hey, that's cool. And then he started talking to everyone. Hey, Nick. Then he started talking to everybody. Next thing I know, he's got probably 40 or 50 people around him in the service drive. The dealership freaking stops and it's like churches going on. And the thing that was amazing is I remember him talking to Manuel, who was the head porter there. Right. And they were talking about how hard you had to work to get where you wanted to be in life. It turned into a big freaking thing like that. And he says, you can't tell me anyone here works as hard as I do. That's why I'm good at what I do, because I work hard, but everyone here has that ability to work hard. Manny, what do you do? He goes, well, I'm the head porter. Why are you the head porter? Because you work hard. Well, you want to be the owner of this dealership? Keep working hard and keep climbing the ladder. And by the time he left, I, I was going to be president.
2: <laughs> we didn't need, like, what? you didn't need a Tony Robbins. You didn't need Tony Robbins with him.
3: No, that was before <laughs> Tony's time. This was in the eighties, man. I tell you what, talk about a motivator. So, um, thanks for all that. I wish I would've got a picture, but I had
2: a memory, which is cool. That's cool. That's cool. Dodger blue, Mr. Mr. Number two, Dodger, Mr. Tommy. Yeah.
3: Well, who was the other guy that wore number two? It was Wee Reese first, right? Yeah,
2: I think it was Wee. yeah. Um, the, the clip you played I, is one of my favorites because the, the two guys in there, the we got Jaeger. Yeah. Jaeger catching, we got Lopes. I mean, that, that that was some Dodger baseball back then.
3: I remember going to Dodger games in the 80s where we would get there early for batting practice or whatever, and we'd be watching. It's, I still remember on more than one occasion, Steve Jaeger like, running around, warming up, and then, kind of laying back like a like a um, playgirl pose, yeah, on his thing, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, yeah, just
2: chilling. <laughs>
3: I'll never forget that. Like, dude, but that's when you did that. It wasn't a big deal.
2: It was. Uh, um, I, I always. Uh, I always tell Ariana this when uh, the first major league movie was out. That's Jaeger doing yeah. uh on on film and stuff and uh so that's my boy that's that's mr Jaeger right there i love social obviously but oh yeah. yeager yeager was my boy back then
3: and Jaeger and yeager was a plate blocking freak mm-hmm. i mean that guy took some shots and don't forget about ferguson either
2: oh joe ferguson was the man
3: was a stud too oh yeah um so you know they and they used to just platoon a little bit a while and and i know this is getting a sports talk sorry about that but um when someone like that passes, it brings back some memory. So I don't know. Just had to bring it up. Yeah. We had a on forever.
2: We got uh um, your mom's in there. We got uh your your mom's in there, cousin Nikki's in there, Drew of course, everybody else. Good morning, everybody.
3: Oh now see? Now I now I gotta now, now I gotta do one more. Let's do it. One more. I don't know, we don't we don't care, right? It's our show, right?
2: Please. The real show happens at eight um, when Sarah calls in. We know this.
3: Well she's calling at eight, right? Yes. So this is great filler till then. So this is Tommy LaSorda with a Philly fanatic making fun of him. <laughs> now, I wish I knew the the behind the scenes on this to know if Tommy was really pissed or just playing. But he kind of looks to me like he was pissed. All right, let's see what we got here. But I don't know.
0: Well, we're back here at Veterans
3: Sound, Street, right, man. Yeah.
0: Between innings, Tommy. He's out look, he's there got a as the f- fat Tommy has a stuffed mannequin of a Dodger, and Tommy trying to get that fanatic
2: close. You see the physique of the <laughs> of the mannequin. He's <laughs> a little bit hot, I think, Is he's going to move that over. And now look, at him go. <laughs> he says, "You don't make fun of me or my ball club."
1: <laughs> he looks pissed.
2: Uh, a <laughs> <laughs> he threw,
3: he threw a ball at him. At him.
1: <laughs>
3: oh God. Hilarious. All right. Yeah, I'm done. Nice. Very nice. Ah, uh, very good stuff. So Tommy, thanks, man. Um, how are we gonna segue out of that? Hey, here's one. Here's one. Let's segue there. So I don't think is Don in the room yet? Um, it doesn't
2: matter. Not that I know. So, um, Go ahead, spill the beans on her.
3: No, it's it's not anything gone. So, um, we had a uh, um a house cleaner come in. Yes, different yeah. one. Yeah, no, and ar- we're not too sure yet. Eh, we'll see. Right. Um, she came in and she, you know, got everything cleaned up. And we were here yesterday, and I walked into the bedroom. Yes. Um, after no, she was already done. Okay. And everything's all cleaned up. And that I'm like, sounded like a good. penthouse
2: letter no, beginning. No, no, no. So the maid's no. in. I no. walk into the bedroom and the
3: bedroom. and as I walk in, I'm looking around and on my nightstand, I'm like I see a couple pictures I have over there, my my heating pad, little dial there, and and a little short water sitting on a coaster. And I'm like, what is that? Apparently at one point in a heat of passion, yeah. I, uh,
2: I think uh, we all just uh, leaned in.
3: Yeah, a uh, a um, a uh, bottle of hmm. Well, like a KY, and <laughs> under the under the bed, I guess. And I never put it back in the drawer. So now, <laughs> under the bed, I guess. So now I show back up in there and I look and I'm like, so that means the maid was in there cleaning around. It's like, oh shit, what'd I do with this? I just put it right there.
2: She said, no, I think she put it there like this. <laughs> and then and what was the lovely Don's uh, reaction to
3: that? So I didn't say anything to her why they were here. I went and grabbed it, put it back in the drawer where it belongs. <laughs> And then after she left, I said, you know, you know, I honey, you. Uh, I went in there and there was, you know, sitting on my, and she was like, <laughs> and then she did it for a minute and she's like, oh, well, you know, it's the way it goes. No big deal. Yeah, it's over um, now. Yeah, that was fun,
2: dude. That's, that's like, hilarious. Now you clean this place good. Pull out all your toys. You hid under the bed between the mattress. <laughs> wow, some, I have no idea where it was. Some, well, how did you I survive? <laughs> how did you survive not having it, Roy? <laughs> I don't
3: know. Gone.
2: Hey baby, where's the KY? You're like Chevy chasing that first vacation. I'm gonna go for it, honey. <laughs>
1: Oh, Roy,
3: you're the best. Oh, my God. You're killing you right now.
2: Oh, well, I I just go back to when we got robbed and Ariana's uh, videos, her video products were all strewned across the bed and got fingerprinted.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's freaking awesome.
2: Yeah. I think we told that story, though.
3: Yeah, I forgot about that.
2: When uh, Ariana was out of work, she was doing these uh, videos for these... uh, AIDS that marital are, AIDS. yeah marital AIDS if you will and she didn't use them but they sent them to her because she was making these videos and she got paid to say all these things she's under a pseudoname and um thanks mom oh you're probably talking about Roy's hair um there it is I see it so they would I'm send really her the sure products they sent her the products they she said she didn't use them but they all were new in boxes so there was this box of them in the bedroom closet and we got robbed Christmas night. I wasn't there, got home the next morning and shit was everywhere. TVs were lined up, I guess I just foiled the crime. So my TVs were lined up in the uh, hallway, everything was gone through, ready to go. But on the bed in the master bedroom, all the toys were across the bed. There was probably seven, eight of them. All these marital aides and massagers, if you will. And Ariana was out of town. And so when I called the cops, they said, don't touch anything. And gladly I did not. <laughs> Here we go. You may want to check the bedroom, sir, just to make sure.
3: Now, did did you notice any kind of like reaction from them when they were gonna do it? Or oh it just dude,
2: like- dude chuckled. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Right. And I t- and I just played too like I don't even know where the hell these were. <laughs>
3: Uh, I'd like to know. You know,
2: <laughs> I just told her she's out of town, so you know these things are rougher grabs, apparently. Um, so and then Ariana's yeah, super I, I, embarrassed, but they never they never met or saw her. So, it, it, well, yeah, it, that was
3: okay with her. She's yeah, like, it, it, eased, it, her it <laughs> eased it off.
2: It eased it off. Not that she wasn't. It eased it off her quite a bit. But hilarious when I saw those there because I knew I couldn't touch anything, and there they were. I'm like, well, I can give you her uh, her contact information if you want to chat with her. <laughs> I think they
3: should have. You know, say that was before FaceTime and that shit. Because it should have. Excuse me.
2: Somewhere is, is in yours, if, yeah, somewhere in the archives, I, I took a picture of that and sent it to her. For the police showed up. To, oh my god, put those away. I can't touch anything, baby. Okay. <laughs> I really shouldn't. What if they want to fingerprint those?
1: Uh
2: Yeah. So, uh, K Y and toys. Put them all away. People, come on. I don't know what happened. It was. Uh, Take a minute after the throws. Will you? Eh. Take a minute.
3: It was probably everyone's probably probably trying to dodge the wet spot at that time.
2: <laughs> that might be the first time anyone's ever said wet spot on our show.
3: <laughs> I don't think so. Eric Escobar has been on. That's before.
2: true. That's true. Eric's the man on that.
3: Oh, you know who else? Vic has been on, too.
2: Oh, boy. Victor. Not only do Mexicans don't do tweeter, we've had Victor Vazquez. Tweeter. You thought uh, any uh, Murphy Raw was something. You get Vic Vasquez. He
3: beat, he beat the Rona. Good for him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he got through it. And um, so that's the good news. People were finding out getting it. Uh, Ooh.
3: You know, it's crazy. It was... It was... I might know someone, or I have a friend of a friend, or... You know, a friends, uncles, babysitter. And now it's like, dude, I could rattle off probably ten.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. So be be whatever you want to be, people. Just do one thing, please, is just be smart, be safe, because we love you all. Exactly. It's heartbreaking. Do this. It's heartbreaking. So, um, enough of that. But just so you know, we, we we we're not ignoring that, but please, man, we love you guys. I love me, too, so. Stay the fuck away from me
2: is what I'm saying. Good luck to you, though. (laughs) Godspeed, but get the fuck away, man. So what did you do this weekend, Mr., or the last week, sir? What did I do this week, Roy? I I am at a loss. I am at a loss. I did my usual Jimmy stuff, obviously. Um, Let's see. I got a doctor's appointment, knee. They want to do surgery on it. So, kiss my ass, insurance people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I, apparently I'm apparently still injured. But you know, Roy, <clears throat> the thing is, it's not, it's not that I'm a mystery case. It's just that if you're a doctor and you do your job, you find shit out. But if you're an insurance doctor, you know, look under the hood, asshole. It's, you know, uh, look under the hood dumb son of bitches mm. but it, to me I self victory because I, I knew that some shit was wrong and this doctor I had dude the best the best and I only say that because he did his job
3: <laughs> go figure
2: he didn't come pick me up he didn't buy me lunch make sure I was okay no sit down and consultation in another room no uh, grief advisors he just said oh okay so what's the problem oh, okay we're gonna do this oh yeah yeah there's a problem oh should we read your chart oh god damn dude you all right. What? What? Turns Read out. your chart? Turns out. Sh- oh, my
3: God. This guy's like pushing the envelope.
2: Oh, this guy. I mean, I'm going to give him a Nobel Peace Prize just for medicine on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more stunned that he actually did his job. And like I said, it vilified me going, this son bitch didn't do his job. Oh, sure he did. Kiss my ass. I'm a grown yeah. up. I don't need your bullshit. So that was nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was nice to know. That it, it it is as fucked up as I thought it was. Well, that's good. That's I'm, I'm good. Glad
3: you have the less fuckery than you thought.
2: Exactly, and I'm glad that there was because I knew it. Sounds interesting. Put that right there. I've you know?
3: been trying to Bow. tell you, Bow. bastards, for Bow. almost two years.
2: Look at that. That's 3D right there, coming at you. Yeah. Boom, boom, taking you out. Um, As I said uh, last week, my glasses and me, they decided to negotiate and get to a a good, a good agreement. Good. So the the fuzzy dizzy, all that other stuff is done. These things are dialed in because I didn't want to do this all over again. So now not only do they look good, Roy, I can see good. All angles.
3: (laughs) Isn't it funny how you're, how you're, and, and what it is, is it's your eyes getting used to your head making sure you got to look to do the right thing right and it's crazy how you your body will adapt
2: yeah they, just now they know exactly where to go but man i'll tell you what that was a rough it was almost two weeks where i almost had to get rid of these things going i can't do it but you know what roy i stuck to it buddy boy yeah stuck to it didn't even wear it. last time i wore my old glasses i saw you Mm. When I picked up the old uh, headset, mm. that day. that was it, buddy. I didn't even go back to him. I'm like, you know, it's a crutch. Get off it.
3: That's it. So. You know, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> body adapt. That's it. The body and? Is It's kind of like when kind of like when you start needing Viagra, and all of a sudden your tongue gets stronger. Body reacts.
2: <laughs> Did you find those next to the KY? <laughs> all of a sudden. Maid comes up and there's a KY on my desk and a couple blue pills. What the hell?
3: <laughs> I went through. The, oh, I went through the uh, the uh, horrible dilemma of of either chrome or black running boards. I you know I saw the post
2: yesterday, so let's go here. Okay, so I remember when I got my truck, you went, oh shit, I don't have running boards, and I never had them before until my last truck. I'm going, man, well these are handy as hell. Not just for yeah. me, but for your your passengers. Right. So, Roy, you decided I'm going to get some. Now you have a white truck. You got chrome wheels. You got the chrome grill, all that good stuff, right?
3: Yeah, but I don't have the chrome caps on the on the um, mirrors. Okay. No chrome door handles. Okay. And I got the black clad around the bed. Yes, you do. So I was really torn, and I originally wanted black, and I wasn't going to buy them, but um, um dad uh for for christmas gave me a little cash Mm -hmm. and you know and i went you know what i want to buy some as kylie would call them i want to buy some stools
2: (laughs) another thing the the maid found but we won't talk about that
3: when when she went to get in one day she's like you need some some stools
2: and she's thinking the little the little step stools
3: yeah i'm like what the fuck is a stool she goes stools, you know stools. So I need to get oh running boards.
2: That, that would be the okay. what, the shocker. Is that what they call it? Okay. Anyways,
3: so um, so I I, I was back and forth, and I originally wanted a round Nerf bar mm-hmm. instead, and then everyone I saw, all of them only have three brackets on them. Okay. And I don't I don't like the three bracket.
2: What do you mean three brackets? I, so the the hanger
3: three brackets to hold it on.
2: Okay. And you don't so like that because why?
3: It's uh, the stability. The nerf bar is a running board type thing where you can step in They're round mm-hmm. and go round, but there's only three brackets. They're made yes to get in with, but they're mostly made to protect the truck in case something hits it.
2: Okay. Gotcha. But you can
3: use it to get in. So, <clears throat> and, and that's a real nerf bar. So, um, and I'm like, I don't like the three brackets. Some people, when you look them up, they say they flex a little bit. And I don't want any flex.
2: See, and here's what you did. You, you did exactly what I did. You got too much into it. And then yep. now you can't make the decision.
3: Well, I had Dawn in here and I really had a hard time buying them. And she goes, you know what? It's your money. Just buy them. Click it. And I go, well, the money Click I it. got, these are like $23 more than the money I got. Okay. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs>
2: Losing the house now.
3: <laughs> uh, she goes, just buy them. So I looked them up and I I, I wanted black. Right. in a In a tube. And then went away from that and then liked the black. And then I went, Ugh, I kind of like the stainless,
2: mm-hmm. the chrome. With the black yellow. pads.
3: So I ordered the chrome and they're supposed to be here next Thursday. Unbeknownst to me, package shows up yesterday, running boards. Mm. That fast from Amazon. Supposed That's very Next fair. Thursday. Right. Today. I got them yesterday. So I opened them. I'm like, they're black. I ordered chrome. Right. So I'm going to send them back. And I'm like, "Eh, I wanted black originally. Mm -hmm. Mm, Now what do I do? So I go out there and I put jack stands under him under the truck.
2: I saw that. Very clever. Very clever. I like that.
3: Mm, Looking. I don't know what I want. So I put the pole up. Most people said black. Now here's the hard thing. Dawn said she liked the chrome. And I get it because the wheels are a little shiny because it gives a little. Accessorize.
2: Yes, a little accessorize.
3: But. I'm just like, I kind of wanted black originally. So maybe I should stay with black. It's true. So I'm back and forth. I'm looking at reviews and a couple people, not a lot. A couple people said the same board that I got in the Chrome within a few months, they saw a little bit of discoloration coming through in the Chrome. And I'm like, I don't want that either. Nope. We're out. But then I kind of did want, maybe I'll just buy another set. Different different brand, different brand. But these ones, everyone gave a good reviews because they're really sturdy. Ah. And I look at me. I need sturdy. <laughs> right? Look at this. <laughs> so um, so I end up putting a poll out there. Most people said black. Yeah. And then I got a text from Julie, who's my uh, upper line at Aflac, who just bought um a new Chevy truck that they're working on. Mm-hmm. And I think I agreed with her. You you think you did. Yeah. So here's her new truck. Really nice new Chevy truck. Ooh, nice.
2: Says. Roy needs sturdy. Blaine Humbles.
3: We are blacking out the new truck. Kids said Chrome looks like a grandpa car. Well,
2: (laughs) you see Blaine there?
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Blaine. As of this morning, today, 50 pounds less sturdy than... The end of October.
2: Take Woo! off, take off your shirt. Oh no, we'll do that tomorrow with Sean.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: tomorrow with Sean. Tomorrow uh, it's take off shirt day on Tuesdays. If uh, for our new
3: viewers. Oh, Don, <clears throat> when you are listening, when you get in and wake up, I think you should share a said picture of Mister Humbles that we happened to snap on baseline as he was riding his bicycle, so we could share it with our listeners. No photos. Too late. Got it.
2: I live near him now. And, um, that Sunday we went to do the script read in Culver City. (laughs) Blaine. Um, I pull out and we're on the same street and he went whizzing by me. Oh, Blaine Armstrong. Just (laughs) bike lane Blaine just shot by me and still blazing
3: speed. Knew that was me.
2: went Jimmy touched me, man, it was my heart. Well, we,
3: we saw him go by us on baseline over by the 210 on-ramp. Yeah. We going, he was going west. And as we're coming up, I'm like, we we, all, we came out of a driveway there. And um, I'm like, oh my God, and he went by us. I'm like, I think that was freaking Blaine. <laughs> Did you, you hunt him down? Yeah, we downshift so We hauled out, tried to get him, and we cut people off and got beside him and Don got her. <laughs> We're like bustling <"Blame!"> through. <laughs> and he kinda he kinda waves a little bit and Don gets her camera out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no pictures. Click.
2: <laughs> you got him saying no.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's actually a really good picture, believe it or not.
2: Uh, text it to him. See if he see if he if it's approved.
3: Bullshit. Text it to him. I'm sharing it. <laughs>
2: you were getting starbucks tony storm good morning tony
3: no actually i wasn't actually we were leaving because we had athena with us you know and we're we're eating well and she was hungry so we took her to get some chicken nuggets at wendy's
2: and pick up some ky because you lost your tube
3: (laughs) hey they have the natural shit at sprouts out (laughs) here natural shit <laughs> you tried to duck behind another writer nice fucking try he tried yeah <laughs> fucking Blaine me hiding behind a freaking pole
2: the the, the KY is still the best I mean it's yeah. gonna be our topper until Sarah gets in
3: but it w- it was it was actually cool to see it, Blaine good job good work that's awesome Hope you're staying healthy and safe as well. We love you, brother.
2: Oh, yeah. Bike Lane Blaine, like I said, he just shot right by me.
3: You know what, though? He probably knows you live close. Yeah. And I bet that freaking inconsiderate bastard never once came by your place to just wave from the street.
2: (laughs) We found out around Christmas time. I said, you know, I think Blaine's around here. And then my my bowl of lumpia was bringing him in. (laughs) Almost had to buy a present just so he can sit there with us at the tree. Art is telling you to try the coconut oil, Roy. Hmm. Oh well. The properties it's of cocoa.
3: Like, it's gonna smell like summertime.
2: <laughs> summertime. You'll be back in Aruba, baby. Boom, chicken boom, palm trees. Mm. Coconut oil. Coconut oil KY Roy. <sighs> this is my favorite part of the show when people who came in late are missing the KY.
3: Yeah. The references. And you know what? Go back and listen to it on podcast. We're not going to do it again for you.
2: But like Blaine told us, we we, we play the long game. We go for instant gratification here. But fans know that we're going to come back to this in about three months. Be ready. Yeah, probably. Be ready.
3: Yeah. Now that Blaine said that, I kind of want to go get some like powder and put it on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Makeup! You know what though, if I turned the light off, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have that glare because it's like a studio light in here.
2: Oh, I see.
3: Coming coming right down on my melon. (laughs) Look at that, I'm growing hair again. That's a trip. Weird.
2: All right, let me see. Do that again.
3: Right? This this right here Mm -hmm. was gone. And now my hair, I'm growing hair again. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm going to be a hairy. Actually, what really happened is I combed it from my back over the top. It <laughs> just got a high uh, collar
2: going on. <laughs> whatever. What's going on with your thumb? Is that from uh, Is that a war wound from yesterday?
3: You know, I got this thing going on with my thumb. Okay. Um,
2: I just The close-up, it brought that. Yeah, I'm That uh, straight uh, front to center right there.
3: So what it does, it'll dry out on the edge and get cracky.
2: <laughs> cracky.
3: And um, it was almost healed. Doctor gave me some medicine to put on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Everything was looking good, and then um, I was out building a motor all weekend. Yes, you did with brake cleans and solvents and car right, cleaners right. and paint and everything. Cracked it more. And <laughs> Crazy thing is, hmm. it didn't like that. So no. by the end of the day, it was really cracked up, all like it was all brand new again,
2: and like trying to bleed. You remember my um, my muppet hands when I would have my shop? Yeah. I would, uh, my hands would do the same thing. Crack, callus, yep. solvents, and you'd have these these splits that look like the San Andreas Fault.
3: That's what it, yeah.
2: And they didn't hurt. They were just your skin breaking up. But uh, I'll tell you what, look at these. Look at these babies. They're going to be a this hand one, model. They're so soft and one, supple.
3: This one actually hurts. Let me see if I can open it for you. There we go. Let's
2: Williams. see. yeah <laughs> says you had a crack. Oh baby, that's that's yeah, that is that's good. Split? Let's see it. Oh yeah, I remember those thumbs. Oh, I mean, God. my thumb being that, not your thumb.
3: So, um, I I put. So what I do is I have to put the medicine on it, and then I put a band aid on it for a little while. Right. So I just pulled it off so it doesn't distract, because it was on there for about an hour, which is fine. Right. And then um, we'll do it again later, and I'll have to I'll have to nurse it back to health. Wait till you get to that part where you you bump things. Oh, I did doing the running boards last night.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's just, super sensitive.
3: It, and it was, it, I, it almost made me want to cry. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, it's
2: like an electric shock. You're just like, oh, my like, son so, of a bitch. You gave me some shit. Nice. Put on it. So we have a postponement on our, our movie. Now we're uh, script reading in the 24th, but I have a feeling we're going to get shut down, dude. Yeah, I got a feeling too. Got a feeling. It's going to be fleeting. We'll be in this uh, we'll be trying to film this movie for three years. But I did turn in all the meetings though. Oh, did you? Yes, I did.
3: Did you send it to the new email address?
2: No, here's the deal. These stupid people. I mean not stupid people. <laughs> if, if they're listening, if they're listening, this is Roy and Jimmy not being Hollywood. The the day I sent the the meetings that night, the next morning I said, please send to this email.
3: Oh, okay. So you're so, all right.
2: But Drew said he got it, so. Right. Yeah, so you, you guys are going to have to wait a little longer for the film debut of Roy and Jimmy in the morning. But it, you know it's going to happen. Well, we're, we're on the IMDb.
3: I've been on the IMDb, and, and you know what I thought about that. Hmm. He asked me to do the IMDb to make sure it was out there, right? And he would pay the monthly food dues for the IMDb, right? I've been paying that for what three years? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's like a that's probably a thousand dollars.
2: Well, see, the thing is, you said you already had one.
3: No, I put it on there because of it. Oh. I, I, I pulled it out. So I, I, hate to be that guy, but part of me wants to go. Hey, you wanted me to get this. What happened?
2: Now I, um, they gave me one, so I'm not paying for mine. But That's I need bullshit. I need.
3: I, it. I'm going on strike.
2: But I need access because the, the whoever's doing the photos up there doesn't know shit. Because you can do this on your phone if you want, but my face is like oblong. It look like Stewie from fucking Family Guy in a couple pictures. I'm elongated. It's, like, it's a yeah. good look. <laughs> it's a good look. I mean, yeah. You know, sucks the cheeks in a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this ain't the prettiest shit, but I don't need it being photo altered. I just distortion. I already have self distortion. I don't need more. For that. It's like when you see one people post a, a post picture on social media and you it's their whole screen. It's like, come on, man. One more it? step. Crop. It's a crop. Just crop right. it one more time.
3: Um, I think one of the first taco hut shows that we did. Yeah. I made a flyer and I was having a hard time cropping two photos to make a match. So I stretched a little bit and thought it would work. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was Sheila Schalacky. Yeah. And someone else says, really? Look how fat you made me. <laughs> it must've <have> been Sheila. Cause <laughs> she's a rail. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Apologize.
2: Yeah, we we we've, we've all had those flyers, through Everyone But I
3: think, but I made myself and Sean very thin.
2: Ah, mm-hmm. I see, I see. So you got to do what I do: be on the stage and go like this a lot, arms out, one or two, and then when they crop you in, there's no way they can expand you out because they're trying to get you in there. Most I of like- my pictures on flyers that my hands are out. So this this is how you look thin in a comedy uh, a comedy show flyer.
3: I don't think my my arms, arms are long enough to make me look thin.
2: Arms out, reaching out, touching the crowd. You—that's who I'm talking to, right there.
3: Huh. Yeah. I just got a text about our. Just got a text about my thing coming up. We're good. All right. Okay. Good. So, good. Uh, Whew. Yeah. Good. Whew. I'd, I'd that was close. Like, out. Like 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 check for a second, but God, this adult shit sometimes just uh well <laughs> We've
2: been adults a long time now, so.
3: <laughs> oh, we were supposed to. We we're supposed to be used to this, right?
2: I, I think it's, it's, it's. I thought it'd be more of a slow burn, but now it's. It's pretty brutal almost every day.
3: Yeah. Right. Um. What else? I, I don't know what else i see, see, engine building. And, engine building.
2: K. Y. Jelly.
3: And uh, running boards. I do like the way they turned out. Yes. Um. And KY, that's it. That's and, and the
2: KY, yes. No Viagra pills they found. No Viagra pills found in this cleaning session. Just no, the KY. When
3: I was taking those instead of my water pill. <laughs> they look similar. It looks similar. <laughs> so you,
2: you, you take all your pills and just throw them on the table and guess what's going on?
3: No, well, now I put a big X on the top of that bottle. <laughs> and then I preload my pills every week. So you need to preload you know, your Viagra. I preload, no. You know, you don't want to have one of those in the chamber. <laughs> you know, it'd be walking by, you don't want to be walking by the 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 the, the squash and go, "Oh." You know, <laughs> you don't want to find that out.
2: Now, do you when you did now I'm I'm not going to ask if you take up every day or all the time? but do you do you, there's two versions the ready when you are which is the one i guess you take one every day no no and then they have the one where you can plan it you yeah. know i think in a couple hours it's
3: supposed to be an hour before
2: i i might lay some pipe here
3: and it's only when you're like you like you know when you're one of those things so i want to do a really good job today <laughs>
2: Yeah, she made a good dinner. I think I want to tip her on this one.
3: You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go through the motions today. I <laughs> you don't want to do <laughs> I want I want to, I want to make it real nice. Real nice. You don't want to you don't
2: want to phone it in on this one. <laughs> Just want to do a real good job.
1: <laughs>
3: oh my god. <sighs> That's the best. Well, shit like that scares me because you know, I'm on the stuff for that AFib thing, heart, you know. Right i have going on right and i'm like and they're both in my prescription thing you know it's not a big deal they're both they should be monitoring but what if the doctor just forgot oh i forgot i gave him that <laughs> i forgot i gave him that i could blow a fucking heart
2: <laughs> all because you're trying to do a real good job
3: Do real nice give it to a real yeah. nice <laughs> Maybe I should bring that up to my doctor because I went to the doctor last week. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he, he's like, man, this looks good. This looks great, whatever. And was was very happy. And at that point, I should... There's two things. I, was gonna, I got this little spot on my head I was going to ask him about. I forgot.
2: <laughs> that's where you need Sean's wife.
3: Yeah, I forgot. Um, and then that's something else I could ask him about. There was one more thing I was going to ask him about. And I got home and I went,
2: "Oh." right
3: but you know see if i were to go with dawn he he would look at me as i'm sitting there and she could be in the chair and i would is there anything else and i'd be like
1: "Ah."
3: (laughs) see what what i what i do is i I, with her phone
2: yeah see i've got i've got this notes application right here and i just write it all down before i go it's like a shopping list with that it's it's like a shopping list
3: Uh, here's the problem with that though hmm I've got to remember to open the notes app in order to get
2: them. You going to be one of them guys with a shit ton of strings tied to your finger. This is for that. This right. is for this.
3: Like Uncle Billy.
2: Yeah, Uncle Billy. But yeah, so, I, I, I have to pre—I have to pre-interview myself before I go somewhere like that. And I have to the day before, and then I gotta uh, check in with Ariana because women. And this is more of them being thorough. It's not really a complaint. It's only irritating because you forgot it when you got back, but they ask a shit ton of questions after the fact. Not before the fact, after the fact. So I lead in going, okay, tomorrow I got to see the doctor. Let's pretend I just got back. And you say, did you ask him about this? Did you ask him about that? Did you ask him about this? So I go through a thorough pre-flight check and nip that shit in the bud. I get it. It's not Uh, that I'm mad that they are doing it afterwards. I'm mad at me for not thinking of it thinking of it at the time
3: well i i've even said to the doctor kind of embarrassing (laughs) i've said to him please no it's not bad but i've said oh instead of asking about like oh i gotta check this thing on my head Mm -hmm. i might say oh and my wife told me to ask about this (laughs) it's not what i meant well, but it's true
2: i would use that if uh, i had a boil on my butt yeah. and then you would say well you know i didn't think it was nothing but my wife wants is this something my right. wife wants to know
3: yeah i'd be like kind of takes just, you out yeah i just i just pop it once a week it's all good but <laughs> but she don't like it she thinks it's a little
2: too <laughs> frequent <laughs> it became once a week and i was like i do it after i brush my teeth is this something this look okay? And they just bend over and give him the whole Ace Ventura.
3: That happened with the tooth right here. Right. And it was kind of, it was trying to get a little sore. Right. And then I could feel it getting swollen and then it would go down. And then it would get a little pocket up there and I could feel a bump and I would go and I could pop it. Oh, God. And then I would like, okay, it's good now. And she's like, no, no, no. And then I do it again. And then pop it. And she goes, no, she knew what's going to happen is it's infected inside your root. If your tooth's going to get loose, we're not going to be able to save the tooth. You're going to have to pull it I'm Like, no, I just released the pressure. It's good. Well, about seven months of that. Guess what? I guess <laughs> he's got a hole in his head. because <laughs> I butt- mean, it's not like she knows anything about dental.
2: I, just really talking out of her ass on this one.
3: Just making that shit up as she goes. but this time i think she got lucky on this one
2: well my dentist uh stole all my money but the one thing that he keep me hanging on in there is that once it gets infected it's going to go to your heart oh yeah and i'm like okay you could be right but that's a hell of a that's a hell of a thing to say to me dude and i'm gonna write you a check now so
1: Mm.
2: yeah yeah yeah, well, knee, uh, it just kind of knee bone connected to the brain bone, brain bone connected to your tooth.
3: Yeah, and you can get like like all kinds of shit from your teeth when they get infected.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
3: why they that's why that's a high
2: item. That's a premium job right there.
3: Did they didn't they see Castaway when Tom just busted <laughs> that tooth out of its Bam. face? <laughs> we know
2: how to do this. We can do this on our own.
3: Right. Oh, done.
2: I was having, when I was having all my teeth problems. I would then I would see like a National Geographic and they pull a skull out of the ground. I'm going, that bitch got all his teeth. He didn't have no floss, right? How does a caveman keep his teeth? Jimmy in the in the year 2000 has got problems still. Well, what you got there was a gum disease. You know, I'm why? like, well, I understand, but what do you think a caveman was doing?
3: The caveman wasn't drinking Coke. In his
2: teens. Do you remember my uh, super big gulps every time I come over to the house? <laughs> yeah. Every time.
3: Or, or we would get those big clear plastic cups at home. Yeah. And it was ice and... Just bzz, and glug, glug, glug,
2: glug, 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 yeah. glug. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't know what happened. But I'm just saying a caveman didn't have better dental care than I did.
3: That's what I'm saying. Kevin yeah. didn't have Coke.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying. The the acidity and okay, I got you. They were more into natural. They, don't
3: go through and, the, they call it a acid wash right after you eat. Right. And if there's that much sugar in it, then it attacks the teeth, beats <clears throat> it up.
2: I see. Yeah. Well, like I said, every Saturday I come to your place, especially like baseball practice or anything. I always stop and got a super big gulp. Mm. <sighs> Kids learn from us. This guy and me. They won't. They won't, those bastards.
3: No, just like we didn't.
2: No, we didn't. Li- we didn't listen. We didn't hear them.
3: Right.
2: No one wanted to.
3: I ain't got time for that shit. No, please. I'm, I'm invincible in my twenties. Get the fuck out of here. And then in your thirties, you become from invincible to little Vincent. <laughs> and then little you become <laughs> invincible, and then you're then you're running from death when you get in your fifties. Yeah, that's where I am now.
2: Yeah, running from it, you're just kind of just ducking and going move Yeah, just oh, there, I, there it is.
3: Yeah, you don't know. I could right now be like, "Hey, Jimmy, this shit was uh, over."
2: <laughs> it would be tragic, but if one of us kicks over live on the air, finally we would go viral.
3: Ooh, right. Finally, think, think of the downloads for the other guy.
2: All our listeners here would cash in and just share that video.
3: So here's the thing I want to make.
2: Let's, let's because do it.
3: the women in our life are so supportive. Oh. If that happens, oh. if I go if I go teats up on air <laughs> and it just goes through the roof, yeah. I, I want you to share a portion with the lovely Dawn, and I would do the same for Ari if that should happen. Okay, gotcha. Right.
2: Share, share come, the wealth a little, like,
3: little bit. Huh? He's gone. I get it all. No, I'll share.
2: Yeah, who's cashing in on this shit? Yeah,
3: yeah, I'd do it.
2: All right, listen, we got Sarah coming in at 8 o'clock. I'm going to take us our, our quick little break here, Roy. Ooh. And so uh, this is uh, as requested share audio cuz that's the way they go.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> oh shit.
2: <laughs> do you need your uh, Do you need your little Mr. Microphone? Oh shit, he's ready.
1: <clears throat>
2: All right, 757 Sarah Cardeal's coming up next. We're taking a quick break. We're in Jimmy in the Morning on the YouTube live, on the Facebook live. And the lovely tones of Roy Brewster coming at you. Well,
3: super highway. To Easy to get anywhere. The... I know what it means. <laughs> yeah. I it now, eye eye. There it is.
2: Here it comes. Here it comes. Big, Big finish.
3: Done.
2: Big finish. Here it comes. Hang mic. in there, Troy or Tori. Hang in, Tori.
3: Gary, it's coming. I know you're not waiting for. it.
2: <laughs>
3: I feel good.
2: Perfect.
3: Oh my god!
2: You nailed it, buddy. Woo!
3: Roy I Jimmy, put in the, the morning. Put mic down because I almost hit myself with it. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do when you're doing when you're doing when you're doing uh, James, brother James. Yes. If you have a mic, right? It, you like this problem. <laughs>
2: Is it the problem right there, Roy? (laughs) Well, looky, looky. Oh, man. Looky, looky. Look
1: at this. Looky,
2: looky. Sarah Cardeele, everybody. Yay. Woo. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. How are you?
4: I'm doing really good. How about you guys?
2: We're doing good. Are you in my lovely home state of Connecticut this morning?
4: Yes, I am.
2: And how is the weather? What do you got going on? Cold. (laughs) cold That's it. cold cold and cloudy cold and and cloudy we have all my cousins are in there i was talking to them over the weekends and uh what do we have going on here we only 52 and only 70 today sarah oh darn oh
3: darn that's not horrible (laughs) no not
2: horrible
4: nice
3: yeah that's like short weather out there
2: we have a a friend of yours in the chat room tori is saying hey sarah
3: so what have you been crazily up to? Because you, uh, when we had you on last time or the last couple times, the ener- one energy you have is incredible. And it always, it's cool to watch, but on the other side, Jimmy and I feel like we're kind of like a little bit of the slacker people because you're doing so much all the time. We're kind of like, what'd you do? Well, I don't know. I got up, got a shower. It's pretty good.
4: <laughs> well, I do a lot. Um, lately, I've been been trying to practice a lot more than what i usually do even though i practice a lot um been working on some cool new drum covers that i've been releasing slowly but i have some more of them working on in the next couple months here so i've been trying to get onto those and then i have some other cool stuff in the works that i can't really speak about yet but stay tuned
3: Ooh, Ooh we like that i like those and teasers you with your band with your band the scattered
4: yes we are um right now working on releasing our first ep so we've been i've been also practicing the songs for the album and i'm super excited about that and i um, been putting a lot of work into nailing those drum parts down and writing the charts for them
2: nice nice now we had rich on uh, a couple of years ago our buddy rich redmond and uh, he said he can teach me to play back in black in about two minutes he could and, but I told him, I, I said, I, I told him I'm a life, a lifelong professional air drummer. So I don't know if I can adapt to the pros like that, but he said, no, I got you.
4: No, he could definitely teach it. He's really good at what he does. He could definitely.
3: Uh, so, so those that don't know, there, there's probably some people in here we're kind of assuming. Um, Sarah is a drummer and she's amazing. So we met Rich a long time ago and then we kind of like found out who Sarah was And then we followed her through, um, it was a hit like a girl contest, right? Yep. Um, we followed her through that. She did like really well. Didn't you get more votes than anyone or something?
4: So I've done the hit like a girl competition twice. The first time I won the Joe Hibbs Memorial Scholarship. Right. Then the second time I did my video, um, voted as the most popular video in the That was it.
3: That was it. Yes. So then you won the cool kit. Um,
4: I won a, you know, a lot of cool prizes.
3: That's awesome. So, so those of you who don't know, Sarah is a drummer, and she's incredible. Um, look her up, and you'll be blown away. Um, I mean, seriously, it's, it's just kind of a, it's, it's an honor to speak to you and then watch you evolve. You were already unbelievable before, but watch what you do now um, is very cool. And the thing that I think is different to watch you now to then, it's like it seems like your style is more evolving to who you are absolutely you're kind of you're kind of it was like i'm a great drummer and i'm good at what i do but now you can see like the flare or whatever you want to call it and the style you have is definitely yours and nobody else's and that's what's really cool to see
4: and that's what makes you i try to have that because that's what makes me different than other drummers and i want to have something unique to me that's different that people know me by
3: right well it's working <laughs> and you can see from then to now the the maturity part. I don't know how, how what else you would call it. It's not that you're young; it's just I mean, maturing in what you're doing. You can definitely see that coming out, um, and it's fun to watch, man. It well, really
2: I, I was going to say as as far as the maturity and all that, but making it your own, you can tell that you're having more fun mm. uh, the the more you do it. You know, you're more comfortable. You're like, I got this. Three, four, let's go. This is we just jump right in it. But you're, you're always smiling. You're always just having a good time doing it.
4: Absolutely. All the time. I Every time, every, it's either when some photographer's doing a picture at her show, it's either I have a super smile on my face or I have this drummer stank face. <laughs> and, like, it's either one or the other.
2: Well, that picture I use for the thing, you get the, 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 you know, the sticks pointing at you. It's like, I got you, buddy. I got this.
3: I got this. So <laughs> you've heard of, um, you've heard of RBF. It's like resting bitch face, right? No. You never heard of that? Never. So I was told that one time that I have resting bitch face. Other people do. So if I'm just like looking, it's like, yeah, you're being a jerk. That's the look. Uh, but I'm not. I'm happy. So that means you have RDF, which is resting drummer face.
4: <laughs>
3: so that's the hashtag today is hashtag RDF.
4: Resting drummer face. Resting
2: drummer. resting drummer face. Because a resting drummer is not a happy drummer. That can be my assumption right there. Yeah. Uh, for a little background, uh, the, for people that are new listeners, because we had John a couple of years ago, um, how'd you get into drumming, What, uh, especially at the young age? What got you motivated to even go into it and get a kit and try it out?
4: So when I was younger, uh, I had a friend who had a drum set, and he was teaching me stuff, and as fast as he was teaching me this stuff, I was picking it up and picking it up, and then one day I came to him and said, all right, Kyle, what else do you have to show me? And he's like... I'm that's it, like that's all I am. So I started teaching myself. I watched Travis Barker on YouTube, Casey Cooper, I'm um, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I just watched videos of drummers and just learned just by listening by ear and watching. And then one year, I said to my parents for Christmas, I said. I want, to, I want a drum set for Christmas, I want a drum set, I want to go to drum lessons, and my parents got me drum lessons for Christmas, and it's just taken off from there. Um, the reason why I got into drumming is because when I, like, middle school age, I was bullied a lot, and I used that as my outlet to get away from bullying, because when you play the drums, it's like everything that's that's happened throughout the day that's bothered you, it like disappears.
2: Right, you're just getting lost into it. You're getting your own. Now, when you first started, were you doing it by memory? And because uh, I know it's all it's all counts timing with a uh, you know reading music. So when you yeah. said you were learning, you were just doing it by memory. Because like I said, as a pro air drummer, mine is all memory.
4: Yeah, so I basically taught myself by ear. So I have like a really good ear for stuff. So like I could listen to a song, I can listen to it sometimes once. And I can be like, oh, and then just hop on the drums. And it's like I've played the song 20, 30 times. It's, it's weird. I don't know how to describe it to people.
2: Well, you know, it, when I watch you and other drummers, especially with their covers on it, uh, the, when you hear the song without the visual, it just seems so complicated and just so busy. And But then when you watch it, sometimes it looks so effortless for the sound you're hearing. You know, I mean, you, you figure everyone's just banging, you know, doing the drills and, you know, the runs like this, but they're actually just doing, doom, doom doom you know, it, it, you just go, that's it. That's all it took. And then you hear it. You're going, of course, that's all it is.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's when I listen to a song, I automatically go straight to the drums to it and just listening to the drums of it. Sometimes I don't know how to describe Like you listen to it and it's like, oh, I've done something like this before. And then you just listen and it's like, boom, and it's I don't know how to describe it, but. It's it's really cool to see like somebody could throw a song at me and they're like, oh, listen to this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I just jump on and play it. And they're like, what
2: now are a lot of parts kind of similar, though, you know, with the timing uh, when you read music. I used to read music back in the day when I played trombone back off, ladies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you'll see a similar drum pattern. That's uh, like a baseline. It's just do you know, what I mean, you're just following it. And like when I listen to a song I like, I can follow one instrument all the way through. So if I like the baseline, I can care. I can listen. I can hear it all the way to the end of the song. You know, zone all the other parts out. So if you get a song, you're going, okay, this is like this song. I know how to start this thing up, and then you kind of put your own flair into it if you have that kind of freedom, right?
0: Yeah. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha. Yeah.
3: So you're doing. You're doing. Um, I saw you guys are doing a, some like original stuff and 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 things you're doing. How do you like that process of being able to help with the? the evolution of a song from the bottom to the top. I mean, is that something that's cool? Cause obviously when you first start, you do a lot of covers and you learn a lot on that. Now you're able to be more artistic and do your own music and be able to have that big influence in it. How cool is that?
4: It's wicked cool. It's, it's fun to be able to put my own twist on the stuff. Or like, there's a part in the song where they're like, "Oh, we're looking for something like this." I'm like, "Oh, so like this," and they're like, "Yeah, let's add that and do." So it's been wicked fun to add my own twists to songs because I just get when I get the songs because my bass player and my guitar player wrote the songs. They send them to me in like a file with no drums or something. Not no drums. Sometimes they add like MIDI drums to it, so it gives me an idea of what the general beat they're looking for. Sometimes. I get that, and sometimes I get no drums, and I have to come up with it myself. But it's been really fun doing this process because I've never done anything like this before, so it's definitely something new and out of my comfort zone, but it's something that I've been wanting to do for years. That's That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. Like I said, now when you went from um, hearing the song and duplicating it, your part— to uh, meeting Rich and then learning the technical of it, like I said, the the read of the music was that a hard transition. To uh, to it's more of a discipline play when you when you're reading the music. If I'm correct,
4: no, I've actually gotten to like it a lot more. Um, when I obviously I taught myself, I didn't know how to read sheet music or anything, and then I jumped into drum lessons and I learned how to do it then I started going to drum clinics and I started learning how crucial it is to learn sheet music and how it'll help learning how to read sheet music will take you farther than not learning it at all. And I said to myself, I have to, I have to start learning this and getting better at it. And over the years going to these drum clinics and going to Rich's camps, I've learned different ways to chart music that I'm comfortable with. And that makes sense to me. I got you. so
3: going being more technical like that does it make you be more precise because you know exactly what you're doing? Okay.
4: Yeah, for sure.
2: Plus you're carrying the song, you're keeping the you're keeping time. Yeah. So I remember uh, reading a story with uh, Dave Grohl when they were recording a Nirvana album. He's just in there like an animal and they finally got him a metronome and just said, "Dude, just watch this. This is you." And then he said once he did that, it really the more discipline like you just said opened him up to be more creative. Right. But uh, he really learned that you are keeping time for this song for everybody you're holding you're holding the baton really to yes. keep this song going
4: Yes for sure
2: because I, I always look at it when I see a live band or anything I always look at the drummer because I love drummers and I just watch them I'm going that's just amazing what they're doing you know but I, I, that's where I learned that the drummer is like the key to this band.
4: Yeah, I had to fill in with. Uh, um, actually, I got invited to play with the Sade tribute band last year, and we were playing this big theater show. And they called me in for the drum to be the fill in the drumming position for that show. And it was all, it was you. I had the click in my ears, but I also had like chorus three, four, and it like counted off to when you were going into like the verse or the chorus, and just having those in your. I wish I had that every show it keeps you so on target
2: i didn't even think about that yeah i was wondering how you would keep the time though so an earpiece is this you got yeah. you got the
4: monitor so basically in the in-ear monitors i had the clip going while i also had everybody had the click in their ears and then also all the instruments in the ears and then when we got to certain parts where like the, we're getting to the chorus or we're getting to the verse or we're getting to, so, like, it would count off it'd be like chorus, three, four and then it would bring you right in. Oh, but wow. That helped keep me so, like focused on it, and I didn't veer off and I didn't, it kept me so like locked in.
2: And I'm sure that helps you out, with especially with a cold call like that. You're like, I, I don't really know these people, but they need me to do this. So I had-
4: one rehearsal with them. Wow! And did the rehearsal with them. Took notes, and I went home, and they sent me over in a Dropbox the um the clicks so that I could practice what we were doing. Okay. And get those clicks down, and remembering where things change and where like everybody drops out, where things like build up. So like I studied the that a lot and it helped me so when I went into the show because before we did that show, I had a double gig that day. I played for three hours before that. Literally jumped in the car. I had an hour and 15 minute drive to get to the theater. And while I was in the car, had the in-ears in and was quickly jotting down little charting notes. Wow. I was, so I could set up my drum set, jump on stage and just be right.
2: Now see, I didn't know about the ear thing. About
3: making it feel horrible? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Right? <laughs> I didn't know about the ear thing, especially, uh, it makes sense with the clicking, but then also, like you said, with the chorus part, you know what's going on with everybody, and it goes right back to my invention, Roy, karaoke with an earpiece. Yep. Yep. So I tell everyone, to, when you do karaoke, a lot of people suck because you're reading what you're supposed to say, but you, you don't sing the song that way. So that's why everyone sucks, but when you're in the shower, in your car, you're hearing it, you're killing it, you're crushing it. So a little earpiece, that's the clicker. That's the, I'm going to, see, Sarah, that's, that's how we do this, but yeah.
3: That's the clicker.
2: So the, so I could play good drums. I get the clicker, a couple lessons with Rich, do like two songs in a set and then bounce out. Jimmy. Yes. Easy killer. No, I want to do
1: it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) been doing air drums forever. Give me the real deal. Like Sarah here. Oh my gosh. And then are you still doing a lot with your um with your karate too?
4: My martial arts. Yes. Um so right now because of COVID, right. We they have the option of doing class um online and taking class in person and I do all mine online because I have to be um careful of some of my relatives in the house because they're more comprom- their immune systems are more compromised. Sure. So I do all my class online. So the last time i saw you i believe i was a—I i had just gotten my third degree black belt yes i just as of i think three years ago got my fourth degree black belt I'm working for my master belt right now
2: so between between the drums outlet the karate you were one cool customer <laughs> you were <laughs> one chill gal i would assume
4: i am pretty chill
3: yeah And there was not only that, on top of, I remember when we talked to you the very first time, I know the second time we we followed up with you about the contest, but the first time you were between classes, then you were gonna go to your martial arts, and then you had a drum gig later that day. Yes. So
4: I I remember this now, so I did the first interview and then you you guys were like, oh, I want you back. And you told me the time, I said, oh, that's like perfect. That's like in between classes. So I literally ran out to my car did the interview went to class got done with class went to work from work i had band rehearsal afterwards and went and did that and then i got home was like i think 10 o'clock at night but i am no longer in college anymore i just graduated in may
2: that a girl that a girl Awesome. awesome
4: let me tell you graduating and doing college in a pandemic and having to switch from being in person Two three times a week to being completely remote and no person to person like helping you in class. It was a struggle.
3: I I, I know I it'd be tough. Um, Don, my wife, she's a college professor, so I know how hard it is, and 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 just to stick with it and have that thing. But that's what you have. You have your vision. You're very driven. You're very goal oriented. If I, I I would imagine. I mean, I I think you are. And and it's just that mindset you have to not let anything stop you if you set a goal.
4: Yes, I, if I have a goal set to do something, it's it's, gonna happen. It <laughs> it's takes gonna happen. Longer, but it's gonna happen.
3: Right, that's awesome. Well, good for you for graduating too. That was, I mean, just something else on your. You know, I'm a fourth degree black belt. I'm, I'm an accomplished drummer. I got a college degree. Um, really. I mean, I got up this morning, got a shower. I didn't cut myself when I shaved. I'm feeling like I had a pretty good morning.
2: And you put your tie on? Oh yeah. You got your tie right did. there,
3: Sarah. We <laughs> freaking
2: love you. <laughs> well, um, see, how, how come it hasn't been
3: so long? How come it's been so long since you've been in here?
4: Well, I she, don't know. That's actually a good question. I've just been really busy.
2: Well, see, now that she graduated, me she graduated college, and she can squeeze us in that uh, little bit of window she has in the morning.
3: Well, we were talking about when you were in the one day, and we're like, "Wow, well, we need to get you back." And then when you messaged me, "I'd love to come back," I'm like, "Jimmy,
2: do <laughs> Jimmy, it. Call he her. Do back. this." We're
4: like all excited and giddy. Uh, uh,
2: Roy's wife, Dawn's asking, "What is your What is your degree? Would you and where'd you graduate from?"
4: So I graduated from my local community college, Manchester Community College, and I graduated with uh, my general studies, a bachelor's in general studies awesome now now
2: was this backup stuff or is it you want to get a degree because obviously you're going to be a pro drummer till you die so
4: so i want the reason why i did the degree that i did because it gave you i'm all over the place i have a lot of squirrel moments and i like to just i want to get i want to try a little bit of everything so basically what general studies degree does is um it basically lets you try out all the different programs within the college you're not just you have to do these. It's like a straight road. There's no, this gives you a little more like freedom to just like, I want to try this class. I want to try this class. Oh, I really like this. Oh, I really like, like, it gives you more like variety.
2: Well, yeah, you'd hate to go through this whole program for something you thought you might like not do it. Cause I mean, a lot of times is, uh, I have friends who, who try college and then they said it just didn't work out. But uh, like you said, with the general studies, you can taste a little bit of this, do the you buffet. Think-
4: and figure out what you like.
2: Because when me and Roy, obviously, when we were younger, we had no idea that our goal to is to do a internet radio show. That just kind of came because of the other things. You know, we, we did this, we did that, that led to this, this led to that. But at least we knew how to do all that now.
4: I also did some classes, too, because I also work with, um, before this whole pandemic thing broke down, I used to work in an after-school program with kids. And so a lot of my classes that I did were, like, with childhood education, early childhood education so that i could take what i learned from there and transfer and take it and transfer it over to what i do with my work
2: gotcha 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 so yeah a piece of that can take you to the uh, a piece of that there and then when those give you all that hell you just go play the drums or do some ah,
3: knock them babies down there's your bad day it's good oh <laughs> What Where do you think you get all your drive from? Is it, is it a mixture of things? Is it, is it just something you think was instilled in you early? Is it something you found on your own or?
4: Uh, well, I'd have to say it comes from my parents because my mom is constantly on the go working do and my dad's constantly he's a mason and he's out there working all the time outside do so i get it from both my parents because my parents my mom's got a couple jobs my dad is a mason and they just are on the go do they set something to their minds and they just go and they do it so that's where i learned i learned it from them just if you set your mind to it and you want to do it just go
3: and then how do you how do you like like the day you talked about you were in between classes you had to drive that or or the day you did two different you had you, you did a session and then you drove and you did the the other event how do you find the the what am I looking for like the time management and the way to get everything into a day when you know you're going to be crazy busy and still enjoy it without going oh I got to do this is it just because it's such a passion whatever you want to do it's going to happen or.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I went to a school when I was, um, I went to a private school for, and they taught me how to do, how to time manage and how to manage my time, because I'm constantly, my mind's in a million places, so you never want to get yourself, you don't want to overcommit yourself, is what I'm trying to say. You don't want to put so much on your plate that you can't physically do it, so I literally I get So, like, when I get asked to do gigs, it's like, all right, let me look at my calendar here. Ooh, I have a gig that day. This one's at this time. This one's at this time. Ooh, that's going to be a little tight. Let me see how long to drive. So, like, I do my research on it. Or, like, when it comes to stuff, like, if I have a really busy day, like, I'll sit down the day before. I'll be like, all right, I have to leave the house at this time. And then make sure I pack a lunch tonight or a like little snacky stuff so that I have it with me so that I can continue my day. And have all this with me so I don't have to take time out of my day to go buy something to eat or do something. So I like plan it the day before. I plan it so that I like have all my stuff with me so that I can do everything throughout the day without having to stop. And you're gonna have your days when things just don't go right. But by having planning all that out and looking at each little piece of your day and time managing it, it helps make things go a lot smoother.
3: Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I, I, I I, reading a book by um, a doctor who talks about the most successful people in the world set themselves up by pre-preparing like something as simple as, and this is one example he uses and you're doing exactly that because you're pre-preparing before the day. So there's not a wasted movement so if the first thing you wanna do in the morning is go for a walk, instead of he, the night before, the shoes are put beside the bed. So when he gets up in the morning, he's already got to get his shoes, he puts them on and it puts him in that mindset early. Instead of saying, well, I'm gonna walk over there, I'm gonna brush my teeth, I gotta to go to the closet, I'll get my socks, I'll get my shoes. By that time, it's like I've wasted time, number one, and you don't stay in that mindset, knowing when I get up I gotta go. So in all that time, you could waste forty five minutes of your day if you're not pre set up. And that's exactly what you're doing. And I don't, I think it's just, it's just natural to you that people don't see that. And that's that's amazing. Um, Lisa says Sarah is the real deal. Didn't know if you saw that. So that's very cool. Yes. <laughs> I,
4: thank you, Lisa.
3: I
2: uh, we used to do that with our. I, I used to do that with my gigs when I'd have a gig because you don't want to say no to a gig, right? And p- plus, I was working, so I had I had my own business. So I'm working full time. I got a gig coming up, so I would try to do like you said the day before like okay i need to get out i need to be done about 3 45 i need to be on the road by four ten. i need to be there by five fifteen. you know and just really plan on where he used to do that he used to do it so well he'd get there hours early <laughs> instead of 15 minutes 20 but yeah you have to do that because you don't want to say no but then at after you've already jumbled your schedule you're going okay you know what let's let's breathe we can do as many as we can but we got to plan it to, right. to make it happen
4: absolutely like when i do When I have a gig, this is like my prep for it. If I can, the day before I try to load, or I try to, because I try to make sure that all my stuff is packed. I do the checklist. All right, I have this, this, this. Leave it by the door. This is, I need this stuff to do. Then I'll go over and I'll load the drum set in my car and have everything all loaded in and the stuff that I don't want out in the car, I keep in the house by the door so that when it's... An hour before I have to leave, I'll just throw it in. Then before I leave I do the checklist so that I don't forget anything. I've had my fair share of I get to the gig. Oh my gosh, where's my throne? Oh my gosh, where's this?
2: Oh yeah, see yeah, uh, we didn't have all that gear to bring. So yeah, you're you're, you're packing for a family vacation every gig basically.
4: Pretty much you know. this we got we went from having no gigs and then by the end of August we were gigging twice a day every day of the weekend we were getting so many calls for gigs that we've had we had to turn down a lot of it because a good amount of it because and it sucks when you have to do that it's like you want to do everything but you can't do everything so we were so there were a the, there were days where we were double booked there were like weekends where we played friday saturday sunday we were like weekend warriors it was crazy i hated I like
2: that, that. I, I hated that part too because uh you would have a, a choice between this gig or this gig and you don't know which one to pick. You're like, okay. And then you, I've picked the wrong one before, where you're like, oh, it's in a restaurant. Okay, where this one was on a stage in a comedy club, but you didn't know at the time. They just said, are you available? And yeah. uh, you're just like, oh. But yeah, you got to do more research. Going, okay, who's the promoter? Who's the booker? You got to put some time into the stuff.
4: Yeah, it's it's a. And my bandmates, um, we have we do like weekly Zoom meetings, and we go over what can we do to make our our page better what can we do to push ourselves out there what can like what can we do to put ourselves out there more and get ourselves getting more gigs like we have these meetings and we sit down what can we do how can we go about it and we sit and we just brainstorm all this stuff and we keep a google document and we try to accomplish this stuff on the list so that when it comes time to when it gets busy because we're already starting to get booked for the summer already and we're just trying to get we're trying to prepare and get ready for that on top of trying to prepare for this ep that we're coming out with that we're going to go in and record later this year so
3: it don said some people meal plan sarah life plans
4: meal plan, life plan
3: like you're you're not a meal plan you're just a life plan this is my life this is the way it's going to work this is what i'm going to get there in the story
4: pretty much see <laughs>
3: Maybe we should put you on the speaking tour too. So you could do zoom excitement things for people because you're infectious. Um, and people follow people like that. And I I think I know it's hard work and I know there's a lot of practice and I know there's a lot of discipline, but I believe that good things happen to good people who work hard and that's why good things are happening to you. Uh,
4: There's this saying, um, I I forgot which drummer told me this, but if you don't do nothing, you get zero out of it. You don't do nothing, you get zero out of it. Nothing's going to happen to you if you sit in the house and you just don't do anything about it. You need to go out there and actively be looking for stuff to do, get in the music scene, doing it, so that you get those opportunities and you never know. You never turn down, never turn down something that gets thrown your way. Cause you never know what kind of opportunity it will lead you.
2: Well, yeah, and, uh, we started doing uh, stand up with the same thing. And if you're not on the show, go to the show anyways and, you know, support your friends, but be part of the scene that way. And they, 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 they recognize you. They know you you're serious. And sometimes you're more serious by just being there and not performing.
4: I've actually, this is actually a really cool story. Um, I think it was last year or the year before, I went and saw Sheila E. She was doing a live taping for our local TV station, CPTV, and we were at the show. My friend got me tickets. My friend, actually Tori that's in here, got us tickets for the show. And we were sitting there and I don't know if somebody had messaged their drummer and told them that I was there. I don't remember exactly what happened, but all I remember was being told, wait here after the show. And then I got pulled backstage and I got to meet Sheila E.
2: Oh, nice.
4: She, like, I was speechless. I, I bet you
2: scared. were. And you didn't expect that. You just showed up.
4: I, I mean, I did just show up. Sometimes I show up to stuff and I, sometimes I'm like, I'll show up to shows and I'll just be walking around and, I do my research on bands, and sometimes I'll walk around and I'll walk into the drummer, and it's like,
2: <laughs> "It's you! I know you." <laughs> that's it's how it was when we that. we did that too when we started doing stand up. All of a sudden, there's a headliner, and you're like, "This guy," and they're like just regular dudes going, "Hey, how's it going?" Um, real quick, before I forget, a listener of ours, Art, he asked, "What what uh, kind of drums do you play?" And I would assume that's the brand.
4: Oh, so I play DW drums. I play DW drum Sabian cymbals. Um, Remo drum heads. What else do I use? Du, du, du. Um, I use all DW hardware. Um, I actually, because my favorite p- color is purple, I have a satin purple drum set with black nickel hardware. It's a DW collector series.
3: All right, where am I going to find a picture of that we can share with Art? <laughs> yes.
4: Uh, I can send it to you afterwards, and you can send it over to... Actually, I have my other computer here. I can send it over...
3: You know, I, I um, when you said about working hard and continuing going and 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 never quitting, I'm um, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, Jennifer Nettles fan, and I saw her do an interview one time, and she did a quote, and then I read it and said, "Did I hear that right?" And her thing was, um, she said, "People by nature are lazy. By nature, most people are lazy. Okay, so if you're talented." and you just continue to work hard, normally you win by default because everyone else is like, oh, this is too hard, I quit. And for those that are good and continue, they're the ones that succeed and that's exactly what you do. You're talented and, and you know, there are people that, that may be as talented as you are, but they give up, lose focus and don't do anything. So what does that do? It just keeps rising you to the next level to let you get the dreams you want. Absolutely.
4: I'm sending you the picture right now
2: perfect and oh, it, looks like, it looks like it looks like art is familiar with that he said dw are some of the best
4: they are the best i actually got to do a factory tour out in california not not this year last year no not last year the year before that i have to remember we're in 2021 now. right so yeah last year, the following year um i went and did the dw factory tour and we got done and we got to the, yeah there it is right there
2: Boom. Damn, nice set. That looks good. I like that.
4: Thank ah. you. Yeah, I Actually, so when we were at the DW factory, we got all the way to the end, and they have this room called the candy room where it's, like, all the, – they have, like, a wall, like, of swatches of all their different, like, lacquer finishes and colors and different types of wood and this. And then they have all these kits set up around in this room, and some of them they have on display on the wall. And I saw that kit on the wall – and I looked at the guy that was giving us the tour, and I said, "I want this right now."
2: Gimme, 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 gimme.
4: This is on the order list. Like this is like my dream drum set that you guys literally brought to life. It, I thought it. I said to myself, "Truly was meant to be," because I love that drum set, and I get so many compliments on it.
3: uh Oh, oh, there you go. Whoo! We thought we lost.
2: That was my. Uh, Roy put something on the screen. and Hit the wrong button. Yeah, there it is. There we go. What do we got going on
3: here? So and and just so everyone knows, this is this is Sarah a little bit.
2: I like she's wearing the gear. That's awesome.
3: So so it's probably safe to say we're kind of geeked out. Sarah's here. Yes. I
4: made, I made that sweater, by the way. I oh, made, nice.
3: You did you really? That's
2: yeah. The, the lights of smoke going on is perfect. Perfect.
4: We did an um, ugly sweater contest gig um the f- 2 years ago before all this went down with covid and we had this ugly sweater contest so all my bandmates are like i'm i'm going to go find a thing i said forget that i'm going to make my own
2: i'll do this uh again our listener art he's asking have you been to nam yet oh yeah,
4: yeah. I've been to nam 3 times
2: okay it's- i thought you came out a couple years ago for that didn't you
4: yeah i've come uh 3 years ago i started going 3 years ago and then I've gone every year. Last year, we went, I went to the one in 2020. And uh, that was the last thing I did before all this went. Next That's year. right. It
2: was right there at the, uh, just just before, I mean, like what, three, four days just before the shutdown, I think. Yeah, so it was that close.
4: It was in January. It was like mid January. They always have it in mid January. I go with a group of my buddies. We go down and, um, we did like Disneyland and then we went to the convention and then we came home and um I had a gig well the week they shut everything down where I live I had a gig on it was March 13th I had a gig and then I had a gig March 14th and then I think the day after that they shut everything down
2: yep that was the time that was the time yeah yeah well so you got all that in not knowing
4: not knowing what was to come.
2: Right, because you, you could have planned it, saying, look, hey, we're gonna shut everything down mid March, so I'm gonna go to Disneyland. I need to go to Nam. <laughs>
4: so you,
2: you actually it got all it done. all done.
4: <laughs> we had all these gigs lined up, Nam. We did Disneyland, we did we just did it all. I saw got to see Dave Grohl play live. I was like front row oh. Dave play live.
2: I did um I got to see him uh, when he did the, the documentary for Sound City. Mm-hmm. Uh, just after that, he did this big show with pretty much everybody in that documentary at the Palladium in, uh, in Hollywood. And I went and saw him live, and all these people play. It was amazing. It was amazing.
4: I saw, um, we did every year they do this show, it's a Pantera tribute, and they do a tribute to Vinnie Paul and Dimebash Dimeback, and um. We go every year and each year the lineup gets crazier and crazier, but each year Dave Grohl comes and they get a guitar and he signs it and they raffle it off at the end of the show. But the show is, it's like a four hour show of just all Pantera music, but it's so much fun.
2: Do you have a genre that is your favorite? I know you, you can, you, I remember t- Rich telling us that he'll play the disco show. He'll play the country show. He'll play the rock show. No problem. Uh, what is your, and I'm sure you do the same. What is your favorite Genre uh, oh, when you're playing—that's
4: a hard question. I like ev- I like everything. I'm not like one specific is my favorite. I like dance music, '80s rock, classic rock, top 40s, pop. I like it all. Metal music, heavy rock, all of it. So more of a—it's
2: more of not really specifically the song or the genre. It's more of the beat or how the song feels while you're playing. It's just uh, you know just a good feel
4: yeah i I had to pick um like music that has like four on the floor like that that you lock in like more like r and b pop I like my 80s rock I was originally like all about 80s rock but I like that now i lo- I'm more into like that r and b so like the Megan trainer kind of gotcha music like that where you can just like lock in and go.
3: I got gotcha. you well, if if anyone a lot of our listeners listen then but if anyone want to look I mean I know it was two thousand and eighteen God it seems like it's forever ago I know but, but the the video you did for the hit like a girl competition the reason I liked it and the reason I think it had more views was because it was very diverse you hit like so many different kinds, it wasn't like you just locked into one song. You showed us the style of everything, and I think that's why it was did so well. Um, sure. It was it, that to me was the big thing that set that apart from anyone else. Because people other locked into a song, you just showed so much range in what you could do that I, when someone's watching it, that gets their attention. Um, I could probably play just a little piece of it for those that don't know maybe i, I actually updated.
2: have it already loaded up oh you do it then jimmy yeah i got it i got it all set here Because i didn't know if it was too old to play but it's a, such a great uh, uh, demo reel if you will
3: well it kind of fell right into what we were talking about
2: yeah can you hear it Roy?
3: yep Ooh, there, there's your RB. b <laughs>
1: Come
2: on. See right there, that looks like a lot more work than you did, the way it sounds. Yeah. She's rocking the DW right there. Now, was this fun to do? Also,
4: it was. It was a lot fun to do. I actually talking to. I wanted to do the competition, and um, I had come up with this idea. My buddy, my producer, and I were talking about different things that we could do for this competition that was different than the first year I did it. And I, we sat down. I'm like, what if we did a mashup of like different songs? Him and I were. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, different songs from like today's music all the way till. Well, no, um, music from like, like jazz all the way up to today's modern music and like tell a story through it because that and showing all the, the versatility and you got like jazz and then you get into funk and then you get into and just showing that story and just but I practiced that a month of just being because there's no click or nothing because all the tempos are different so it would have been hard to put a click to it so I basically memorized that whole thing
3: i love this video man (laughs) but that's the versatility and 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 the reason that you you know you can do anything
2: yeah the versatility and the fun the fun of it like i said it looked like you're doing fun every time i see videos you you're you're just having fun doing it
4: absolutely i try to do when i do videos i try to think of cool things and fun things to do that catch people's eye that not a lot of people would think about when doing a drum cover video or just like stuff that I shoot in my living room. Like I did a great, when I graduated, I put my cap and gown on and just, I did it.
3: Um, if you're wondering where you can watch more at, um, you can find her on Facebook, uh, at Sarah Cardials with, with two Rs and also on Instagram. Um, it's Drum Maniac Twenty One. So, oh, we lost somebody. Oh, they're they're back.
1: <laughs> we yeah, lost Sarah back. In
3: for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if you were able to hill that, but it's Drum Maniac Twenty One on Instagram, and then Sarah Cardiel, um, with two R's. Got yeah, two R's people. No H, two R's, um, and then you can also find. Um, Finder and her band um, on their band page is the Scattered. Yes. So look that up too. Uh, Oh yeah, that Big and Rich. Can you find that one, Jimmy? That one where she played with Big and Rich. That was freaking crazy. Oh, that's right. So look at look at. She's like, oh.
4: (laughs) Insider on that. So tell the story. I um put so my buddy his name is keo he's the drummer for big and rich and i met him at a rich redmond drummer's weekend camp and he said next time i'm in town just let me know so i worked that travelers golf tournament every year well they were the main band for that they were the main band for that weekend and i told i had messaged him and i said "I'm, i'm gonna be there he said oh awesome so we were sitting there and i got we were there for a while and then i got Grabbed the go backstage and meet Big and Rich, and I was chatting with them for a little bit. So then, midway through the show, John stops the whole show. He's like, Whoa, 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 hold up. He's like, This girl in the front row here has missed a single beat, a single lyric, or nothing. Is this,
2: remember- is this the clip right here?
4: Yeah, that's the clip. Um, he says, And if I remember correctly, you said you were a drummer, and I gotta ask you, do you wanna come? I've never ripped the gate open so fast. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready, like, let's go and I jumped up on that stage I that was that was a amazing, like, I have the pictures in my, well, Mike, I made a shot, of, like, I and every time I come into town now and see these guys, I okay. always get the they always ask, I always come in and I work with them, get the work backstage I got to play sound check with them last year so, the year before, so
2: that's awesome. Let's say let's play a little clip here.
3: How you feeling back there? Let's film this. This is cool,
0: man.
2: That is so awesome.
3: That's freaking like incredible.
2: Hey, look at you, you're so tiny back there. I know. <laughs> you are crushing it.
0: Give it
1: up for sale on the drop-tip.
0: Did y'all
2: see the flare? Did y'all see the flare there?
3: The flare, man. let <laughs>
2: That's so awesome. <laughs> Look at that. that. Oh, my God. So I got goosebumps for you.
1: <laughs> <That>
2: a girl. <laughs> oh, my God. That was awesome. That was awesome, Sarah.
4: I'm trying That's to find a picture. I'll have to send it to you so you guys can, if you want to share it later or whatnot. But actually, I had a bunch of the photographers at the show don't ask me how I got their number, how they got in contact with me. But a lot of the photographers that were at the show grabbed some of those pictures and they sent and they texted them to me. And they're like, we want you to just have this as a memorable moment. Whatever you want with them, share them. And I have these pictures actually to this day.
2: How long, how long did that buzz last after you did that?
4: It's still a buzz. I know, I can tell <laughs> when
2: it, as soon
3: as it went up, you just lit up again.
2: Oh, that that's so awesome.
3: Who was it where you were weren't you at some clinic or helping someone? Was it a drum clinic or someone? And I can't remember who called you out by name. Was it um oh, what was it? You were helping set up and then they said you were the next upping coming
4: Greg Bissinet, the drummer for Ringo, the Ringo Star That was
3: it. That was the story. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. When they just like and you're like what what? <laughs>
4: Well, because I um, when I do a lot of the drum clinics up here in Connecticut, like uh, sometimes the play- people that are um running these clinics, or if I find out about them, I'm like, hey, if you guys need anything, any hardware, any equipment, if you need to have somebody to come in and help set up, just let me know. I'm I'm always available, and I always like to get my hands involved with anything that involves with the drumming community. So, I had gotten a call that they needed for their drum clinic the day before the Connecticut drum show. They needed um sabian symbols and dw hardware and i said i can provide that i have all that so i brought it in and i got to chat with greg one-on-one for a little while and do and whatnot and after the whole clinic was over and i packed my stuff up, he said what are you doing tomorrow at the connecticut drum so i said i don't know sometimes i help out sometimes i just walk around he's like well good if you're not doing nothing i want you to run my merch table i said all right cool he says, and whatever help I need with that day, I want you to be there. I'm like, all right, cool. So I kind of got to be like his little personal assistant for the day.
2: Now, see, there's nothing wrong with that. If you think about it, you're like, well, I want a drum. But when they uh, somebody like Greg asks you that, it's like me and Roy. We, uh, you know, I got to know like uh, Barry Sobel, uh, this comic legendary. And he called me up. We end up hanging out, end up doing some stuff with him and for him. And I'm like, well, am I degrading myself? I said, no, I'm getting to know this guy. He's a hero. And now we're, like, good friends. We te- text all the time. We have lunch. I do a gig with them. You know, it, it just leads to that. and it, That's it, it, just like being there. You just show up not for you. Just show up to be there. And I'm from Connecticut. I wouldn't think Connecticut had this big drum seminar thing going on. But apparently, from what you've said, it's just, it's a big thing.
4: Yeah, so the Connecticut Drum Show is, like, one of the biggest drumming events that comes once it comes around April every year and they usually get these really big drummers and so the first one I ever went to was with Kenny Aronoff and I had met Kenny they usually do a master class the day before, a more intimate master class, and then they open it up the next day and it they have like vendors and all that in like this and the they have like a it's an interesting building. It's called the Shriner Sphinx and it's like a convention hall with an upstairs and a downstairs, and then across the way is like a, like a auditorium that fits like 400 people, and they do the the tr- like the like trade show type where you get to walk around and meet with companies and do, and they have like antique drum companies, like people that collect old antique drums that they're selling, and they go in there, and then they have like SJC, and all these guys, and you can just chat and mingle, and people come all up and down the East Coast for it, but they always have two really two or three really big drummers that highlight the show and they just do like a clinic and then afterwards you get to hang out and they do pictures and whatnot but the first one I ever went to was with Kenny Aronoff and I had met with him the day before and I had always wanted to meet him because is,
1: I
2: is that of, Mellencamp's drummer
4: Jack, yeah that's right Mellencamp's drum, drummer so we, um, I was going out to, I said, oh, let's get lunch before we go to, this goes to prove you never know what's going to happen wherever you are, because I was going to get lunch and I just getting ready to walk in and I hear my name, Sarah, and I'm looking around I'm like, what in the world? It's Kenny. He's like, come here. Wow. I got something for you. And he signed a drum head and a pair of his sticks. He's like, what are you doing today? And we sat and we had lunch. And we got the chat, and I told him my drumming story. He told me mine. He's like, you're not leaving me today. I need help all day.
1: <laughs> nice. I'm
4: going to have my merch booth. You're going to be my, my water person. He ended up pulling me out on stage and had me out for a little while. But I am still, he is wicked cool dude. I still chat with him. I actually have a drum lesson with him that I won um a couple weeks ago. So Didn't he-
3: you just do a uh, his podcast with him? Yes. I heard that, and it was it was pretty cool to hear you guys talk and hear hear you guys go back and forth. He was talking about uh, one of the parts that I remembered was how he has a book of everything, kind of like, wasn't it everything he hears? Like a journal. And, yeah, like a journal. There you okay. go. Of everything he hears, and then when something comes at him, he's like, well, we're going to do this, and he was talking about doing it, and he was talking a deal one time where, john's like that ain't gonna work and he's like no watch this and everyone just blown away by what he does and that was a cool interview that you you were on with him it was awesome because you guys were getting in pretty deep
4: yeah we got real i asked him a question and he's like oh and then he, we just dove in and it was it was game over after that we just kept pretty going. Cool.
2: now see i told you i'm a drummer fan and i should not know this guy's name me. I should not know him, but he has this style. If you watch those uh, old Mellencamp videos and even when he plays now, he just has this look of how he how he drums. He's just having a good time, his head is into it, you know. It, have it, you seen live? What's that?
4: Have you seen like John Fogarty live?
2: No, I have not not have personally you? live, no.
4: It's
2: so good. I would go to like a Tom Petty concert and I'd watch their drummer. And like I said, I watch even a local guy's drummer. I just watch them how into it and what they do. And like I said, this your style, uh, he has his style. Stan Lynch has his style. You know, you just see what they do. And Rich, obviously Rich Redmond, geez, that guy, he's like having Pilates, P90X, <laughs> and playing the drums. It's, it's just amazing.
4: Every, when I, so when we hang out, and, or like if I work some of his drum camps or whatnot, and people I'm like around my mom one time I was with him and my mom's like you guys are like twins like you're like I want you to watch yourself play you're like a mini Rich Redman I have a lot of people who say that you're like a mini Rich Redman because you just never stop going you're always on the go and you're always just what can I do to do more work in the drumming industry he. So I, I get it all the time. Rich has helped me a ton with my drumming. If it wasn't for his drummer's weekends camps and for him always helping me out and taking me under his wing, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today.
2: You know what you can do is uh, you, we'll, we'll take you to the goal of being that that video of that drummer at the wrong gig.
4: Ah, uh, is,
2: is that I've like the best? I've met him. Yeah. Is,
4: you think he's like this great. You mean he's the most chill person <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to bring it up. I want to bring yeah. it up, anyways, just because he just—it's just so fun to watch him. It, yeah, and it's—it's yeah. it's like the, uh, the, the 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 pinnacle of just doing the best you can at the gig you got. Let's see.
0: <laughs> Let's just get
2: to it.
1: Let's
2: have Sarah do that. Just bam, bam. I just love this guy.
1: <laughs>
2: now that that guy is like the, the like the pinnacle of a uh, confident, knows how to do it, and just that just adds the flair and just has so much fun doing it right there.
4: I've, I've seen him live. Like this is nothing. Like some of the stuff he does, it's like he's like i'm like i have to double take or i'm like speechless. <laughs> brought my dad with me to go see him and my went with my mom and my dad and my dad was in it, and he looked at me and he's like what in the i said i told you he's We're at the wrong game he's like this is crazy
2: it doesn't even look like he's playing to
3: the song he's actually playing
4: like all the yeah
3: but yeah that- what it reminds me of it the one part where he's going all crazy mm. For whatever reason, I picture Chris Farley in the Chippendale scene with Patrick Swayze. Yes, that's it. Exactly. When he's just, just going all just out. That's what reminds me of.
4: <laughs> but he's, he's still keeping his timing, though. He keeps right. his timing, and he's still executing the song how it's supposed to be played, which is crazy.
3: Oh, my gosh. Damn. Yeah. He, I, um, just to let you know, normally we have a guest on, and we go... 20 minutes, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
3: Yeah, we've been almost an hour. Have <laughs> that's how much That's how much we freaking dig you. It's I usually know. like 20 minutes, and Jimmy and I kind of do the, we might even message each other behind, says, about ready to wrap this one up. Better People wrap it like, up. No, 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 let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's what I tell everybody, so. Oh,
4: going back to what I was saying before, so when I do those drum clinics, I've gotten to work with a lot of drummers at the Connecticut Drum Show, but it's always just show up, show up, because you never know, by doing what I do and just show up and offering my services, I've gotten to work as like an assistant for Kenny Arnoff, Mark Shulman, the drummer for Pink, um, Greg Bissonette, the drummer for the Ringo Starr All-Star Band. Um, I've gotten to work, the last Connecticut drum show they did, I got to work with Steve Smith, the drummer for Journey.
1: Oh
2: my, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I shouldn't know yeah, who that guy so is. I know who that guy
1: is. Just
4: show up, just show up and actually, there's a the drummer for Tesla. His name his name's Troy Lucetta, and he has this motivational speaking thing where he goes into schools and he speaks to kids, and he just it's just just show up. He talks about it, just show up.
2: Yeah, so I know a lot of these names because I'm a fan of drummers, but also uh, my favorite comic, uh, Bill Burr. He also does drums for years. So on his podcast every week, he talks about any of the new drills he's trying to learn, and then he mentions all these drummers, and then I'll look them up and watch them. So a lot of times you're saying i, I know who that is like uh, uh you said steve smith from journey you know i watch him do the separate ways uh run and you're just like he's just killing it but he's like so effortless he's old school guy too just old school guy
4: so i actually when i got to work with him i got to watch him play like don't stop believing in separate ways from behind nice Like, I'm like, how does he do these all these years? And then when the tracks kicked on and I watched, I'm like, that's how he does it.
2: That's it right there. I got this. I got that. That is so awesome, Sarah. Man. Oh, look at that. We got to wrap it up. Look at it.
3: Oh, my gosh, We're at the end here. Lisa in the chat room. She's a huge Journey fan. I think she just passed out when you said. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She just went over in her chair.
2: You know, and one of the things with like Steve Smith and some of those old school guys is um, when you watch um Oh, I just went blank on it. The drummer for the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. And he's not hes not uh, double fisting and banging around. He's old school. He's, he's holding the sticks right, like when you have the practice pad back when you start. He's holding the sticks correctly, clinically, and he's making all that same sound as these guys trying to be beasts. You know, nothing wrong with this, but it's nice watching him just old school and chill, but hitting it, you know, doing it correctly. Because I know you, when I was in band, I took a, I had a, my practice pad and my sticks. You know, bruh, bruh, bruh. you know, you know, you, you make that sound, but you don't just go crazy and just grab them and go. So mm. it's nice watching the simplicity it takes to make the great sound like that.
4: When, when you're doing things like when you're playing simple. So you don't. How do I explain this to you? So you could have like this crazy drum set, all these Tom symbols, craziness, simple. Something simple can be better than something crazy so like when you're playing a drum part compliment the song don't go crazy on it because simple simple fills i'm trying to remember the saying something simple can get you farther than something crazy
2: yeah exactly it's like you said you approach you, you do the mechanics of it and that makes you more better and creative there's this guy i watched uh play and i love watching drummers do covers so i'll send you the link to it i'm sure you've seen it but this guy's playing um Oh my god! It's an old school uh, disco thing, but he's having a ball, and I love watching him. I'll send you the link to it, though. It, it, yeah, it it's it's sure. fun to watch. And then uh, uh, the guy from Toto, um, uh, he's passed away. Is it Jeff Piccaro? Steve Picaro. <laughs> but he, he he does the whole breakdown of uh, of uh, Toto of, of uh, uh, Roseanne, just the fills, and you're just like, oh my god, it's just so cool just to watch. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a yeah. huge fan. Dog on it. I got to watch these again. <laughs> All right. We got to get her yeah. out of here. We're, we are done.
3: Sarah, man, someone follow her. Everyone here that doesn't, I know you've got a lot of fans in here already, but um, we've, we, some people that are on now weren't with us back then. So go find her. Sarah Cardillo, saw the Scattered Band, Drum Maniac 21. Um, go, fi- go find her. Go follow her. Go watch her
4: thank you guys for having me i had a lot of fun today
3: uh, always a pleasure to
2: talk with you sarah we'll definitely keep you in touch i'll send you the links and you'll go yes i've seen that or no that's a cool one but uh, i'll share that i'll share that pleasure with you there
4: i'll definitely check that out
3: awesome Can you, do you guys favorite sarah and not wait like two years since for the next one
4: i won't wait i promise <laughs> All <laughs>
2: All right. awesome you have a great day sarah always great talking with you
4: thank you guys thank you to everyone who dropped in on the uh, live feed today
2: yay thanks sarah Wow, that was awesome. That was way awesome. All right, we got to get out of here. It's Roy and Jimmy in the morning. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We are back tomorrow morning, 7 and 9. We'll have Donna Maine, Sean Williams with us, and whoever wants to drop in.
3: Yep, yep. I don't know how we top that, but uh, we probably won't. So we'll just be here. Come check it out and see what happens. You guys have an awesome day. Stay healthy and safe. Love y'all. Them, you all. Hit him, baby.